Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So Genesis chapter number 13, Genesis 13, hallelujah tonight, we'll go to the word of the Lord, we'll read a few verses of scripture, amen. I want to start with verse number one, Bible says, and Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Everybody say where his tent was. Verse number four, unto the place of his altar. Everybody say his altar. Which he made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Everybody say tents. Two people in a setting of scripture. Abram has a tent. He has an altar. Then attributed to Lot, it seems like we don't have any occurrence except one thing particular. Similarity, one of the similarities with Lot or with Abraham and that is he has tents. For a little while this evening, I want to minister this. My wife said you may not get her screen, but anyway, altars beat tents any day. Altars beat tents any day. And if I got to describe that, paper, rock, scissors, okay? <laughs> You've ever played the game, so that's where she went with it. Altars beat tents any day. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to touch us afresh in this place. Father, I come to you tonight. I'm asking, oh Lord, for your spirit. I'm asking, oh God, that you would move upon our hearts, God, another time, Lord, that you would direct the path of our minds, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word again this evening. Help us, Lord, to hear from heaven. Help us, oh Lord, to be directed, God, by your word. God, I don't want this, Lord Jesus, to be worn out, but God, let us just revisit again the subject matter of prayer. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You'll remember, amen, you may be seated. You'll remember that this year started with the 24-7, 24 minutes of prayer and Bible reading, uh, endeavoring to do that every day. And so this month then has been focused entirely upon prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, altars beat tents any day. The Bible is our resource and is the most brilliant book uh, that we have access to oftentimes uses uh, methods of comparison and contrast to illustrate some spiritual principles. And so with that in mind, one of the ways in which this is accomplished is that you take two characters of perhaps the same similar setting of scriptures, same similar time reference, and you begin to contrast them. 
And whenever you do that, whenever you take two characters of Scripture of the same time setting and similar setting even in Scripture, you, you begin to learn a lot about life. You begin to learn a lot about church. You begin to learn a lot about the world. Uh, for instance, if you were to take a couple of uh, individuals and contrast comparison them, I believe we would learn a lot if we would go to the book of Genesis and contrast and compare the lives of Cain and the lives of Abel. For instance, if you were to take the life of Moses and the life of Aaron and you were to lay them out and make two separate columns and begin to generate some of the information about each of their lives, I believe there, it would be a great learning process. If you were to take uh, the life of Saul, the first king of the nation of Israel, and then uh, take the prophet Samuel, amen, of that same time, or maybe even David, the second king of Israel, or take David and his son Solomon and began to compare uh, and contrast their reigns, we would learn such. But for our, our, all of our purposes this evening, we'll be considering the two lives of Abraham and of Lot. A long look at the lives of Abraham and Lot begin to reveal something to us as a people, and that is it gives us an understanding of the importance of pitching tents and building altars. There has always been men who have walked with God, and there have always been men who have walked with men. David walked with God, but Joab walked with David. Paul walked with God, but Demas walked with Paul. Abraham walked with God, but Lot walked with Abraham. Where we consider altars in our life, and I believe we've probably traveled this road, but let me travel it just one more time, that they are not to be haphazard. They are to be very much so carefully constructed. There is thought that's put into them. They're not merely a place of crisis for us or merely a place of stress for us. They are and should be a daily place that we go to where we allow God to shape our lives in order for us to be able to reach our world. Uh, I've said that that first piece of furniture that the priest would meet before he would ever go into the holies of holies in the old tabernacle would be the altar. The altar was the centerpiece of the temple of Solomon. It wasn't just a place that was high as we was talking of this morning but it was a place of sacrifice it was a place of judgment the altar was a place of worship it was a place of devotion it was a place of special blessing and whenever we consider the altars and Abraham's life there are five main altars that Abraham constructed in his life that starts from early on after his relationship with God throughout his years in his life there were certain altars that Abraham went back to more than one time and that he revisited amen there is one altar that he went to just once but it was enough for God to see what kind of man that Abraham was. The Bible says in Genesis 12 and verse 5, and I have a few readings of Scripture tonight. The Bible says, And Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moray, 
and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. One of the first altars that Abraham built was the altar that he built at Sychem. He built an altar there very soon after the Lord called upon him to leave his land, the land of his nativity, of Ur of Chaldees, and start on a journey for a land that the Lord had for him and had prepared for him. It seems like, and many of you can attest to the fact that first altars are always important to us. Some of you could say the altar that you were at whenever you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whenever you started your journey for the Lord. What side it was on, maybe the women more so than the men can say what they were wearing. The purse that they carried that night. So on and so forth. But first altars are very important to men. I remember as a young man when South Gibson was turned the other way around. On a Friday night as my father was preaching a youth service. Speaking about killing the giant in your life or killing Goliath. It was on this side of the altar. Very close to the pulpit. That I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's just something about the memory of first altars in your life life it just stirs your heart whenever you heard God in your life trying to take you a certain direction and start a journey for you in your life and not without consequence tonight the meaning of the name of Sychem is the meaning of shoulder amen and whenever you look at biblically the, the types and the shadows and the significance of a shoulder we understand that the shoulder is meant for bearing burdens Isaiah 10 and verse 27 states these words, And it came to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Abraham had his first altar where he first began his walk, so to speak, with God. God dealt with him to leave Ur of Chaldees, and it would be the place where he would leave his burdens. Can I ask tonight, what type of burdens do you have tonight? What type of burdens are you hauling around? Is it a burden of sin? Is it a burden of guilt? Is it a burden of failure? Is it a burden of shame? Whatever the title of your burden may be, the best place to leave it is at an altar of Sychem where you can just unload your burden and place it before the Lord. That would not be the only altar that Abraham would build in his life. Genesis 12 and verse 7 states these words, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed will I give this land and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him and removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east and there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of of the Lord there. Our scripture reading of verses 3 and 4 tells us that he went back to the place where he first pitched his tent. And he went back to the place where he first built his altar. It seems in scripture, as it's rendered in Genesis 12, that he built an altar and then removed from there 
and then built another altar. Both of these seem to be in the region of Bethel or in the area of Bethel. It would seem as though Abraham has built about two altars here in the region of Bethel during his lifetime. The first altar that he built at Bethel was after God had extended the covenant, amen, to Abraham as the father of many. The second would come, though, maybe perhaps even in, in juncture with after he failed at different times in his life. He came to Bethel. He's always making trips to these altars. He went to the altars of Bethel after a famine. He went to the altars of Bethel after lying to Pharaoh about the identity of his wife Sarah. He went to the altars at Bethel. Amen. Whenever he was blessed with cattle and blessed with goods and blessed with silver and gold. Sometimes after famine. Sometimes after success. But regardless of this man's social position in life he knew he had to have an altar to go to. Went to when he made a mistake and went to when everything seemed to be glorious and everything was fine. He would go to the altars at Bethel, which meant the house of the Lord, which you find people know. If I preach around here long enough, you don't know Bethel means the house of God. But he went to those altars at Bethel. Can I even say this? That some of our greatest altars are the altars that's at the house of God. Amen. They're altars of repentance. They're altars of consecration. They're altars of blessing. They're altars of spiritual direction. They're altars, if you will, of the wow and the wonder of God. Some of the best altars are located at the house of God. But that wouldn't be the only altar that Abram would build. The Bible says in Genesis 13, 18, then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Abraham has just separated himself from Lot. He has just separated he and his herdsmen and his foes from Lot. And here he is again building another altar. See, there's times in our lives that our lives become cluttered with the Lot's that rob us of our spiritual blessing, that rob us of our spiritual direction. But whenever the time of separation finally does come, when all of those distractions have been subsided, discarded, and cut off, we need to build an altar. Someone hear me right now. Because once Abraham got rid, if you will, of Lot, now that full will of God could be enacted totally and fully in his life. Amen. He could really begin doing what God had personally for Abraham to do in rearing up a nation. Did that mean Abraham and all of his troubles were gone? No. No stretch of the imagination would grant that. But what that did mean was this. Let Noah or rather Abraham was moving closer to the place where God could use him. Where God could endow him with the promise that he had spoken to him all the way back even before his first altar amen by the way the meaning of Hebron is league 
The meaning of Hebron is confederacy. The meaning of Hebron is alliance. Amen. Because once you get that clutter out of your life, once you get those distracting lots out of your life, you'll be able to establish a partnership with God. You'll be able to you'll be able to establish a league. You'll be able to establish an alliance with the master. But there's some that just always trudge through life and they're trying to get the lots out of their life. They're coaxing lots. They're pushing lots. They're persuading lots. They're hauling lots. They're urging lots all the while trying to grasp God. And it's hard to do it when you got a lot in your life. When that's severed, when that's cut off, it's time to build an altar. There's an altar, a Hebron, that is waiting for those that are willing to rid themselves of the lot that they may even deem as important. But that wouldn't be the only altar. Abraham would build. Genesis 22 and verse number 2. The Bible states these words. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. This would be the final altar that Abraham built in his life. And although the final altar, it would be the altar that would shape the rest of his life. It would be the altar of any that he would shrink back from. It would be the altar that he had to climb a mountain to reach. It would be the altar that would crush the heart of his wife Sarah and pierce the heart of his son Isaac, this final altar. For that matter, if my memory serves me correctly, all these other altars you never really see a literal sacrifice take place on all the others. But this altar was going to be the altar of sacrifice upon Mount Moriah. It'd be the final altar. It'd be the altar that would shape the rest of his life because Moriah has a means of demanding all of our commitment. Moriah has a means to be the place where God calls preachers and God calls missionaries and God calls pastors' wives and God casts sweet triumph into your life. Moriah is a sacred place. You've got to go up the mountain to reach that altar. And although final, it is not without importance. It's going to shape the rest of your life because it's going to be where you sacrifice at. The significance in our altars. I don't want to hold back as a result of that. Because in looking at the composite lives of Abraham and of Lot, it comes very easy to start isolating the differences between Abraham, a man that's willing to invest in his altars more so than he is his tents. Listen to me tonight. Because Abraham built his altars. He had a tent as well. But Abraham built his altars. But Lot 
pitched his tents. Abraham had his own altars. Lot had to borrow Abraham's altar. Not a single reference concerning Lot and an altar. Abraham walked by faith, but Lot walked by sight. He lingered a little too long looking on the well-watered plains of Jordan. Abraham was generous. Abraham was selfless, but Lot was worldly. Lot was greedy. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God, and Lot found a city built by men and destroyed by God. Abraham became an heir of the world through righteousness. But the last mention we have in Genesis of Lot is that he's in a deserted cave with all of his possessions. We look at the contrast, not of just two men, but we look at the contrast of altars and the contrasting that with tents. Lot was concerned about his tents more than he was concerned about his altars. Lot gravitated toward Sodom. He gravitated toward Gomorrah because there were no altars there and there would not have to be any altar for his life there. But let me tell you today, there are some deficiencies in tents that are not found in altars. Walk with me just for a I'm not going to hold you long. But tents have to be pitched. Meaning they got to be built. And they're usually temporary dwellings. But altars are not pitched. They're built. They're built. They're permanent places. It's not you take it up when you want to. Establish it when you want to. No, they're permanent places. That's the reason why Abraham could go back to an altar he had already built. Someone say amen. Tents have to be supported by ropes. They have to be supported by poles. If you will, tents have to be held up. But altars are there to support you. A tent will never hold you up, but your altar will. Lot's messing with something that he has to hold up. He has to put together while Abraham is leaning upon a permanent dwelling of an altar. Altars beat tents any day. Tents are made with inferior materials such as cloth, such as tarps. And invariably, they're going to have to be patched up. But an altar to be permanent forever because if the commitment of the builder is true, it's not going to have to be patched up because it's constantly under his care. You can't can't depend upon a tent like that. A tent is where a man lives, but an altar is where God lives. A tent, an altar will be a tent any day. Honey, go on and pitch your tent. That's a fine place for a man, but I want to build an altar. I need a God factor in my life. Listen to me now. A tent 
Listen to me. This is Bible. The tent was the place of Noah's sin. A tent was a place of Sarah's laugh of doubt concerning God's promise. But as we've seen in the past weeks, an altar though is where the fire of God fell among Elijah and the prophets of Baal. I tell you what, an altar going to beat a tent, honey, any every day of the week. Tents really haven't changed much over the years. Men are still trying to pitch the same tents that Lot pitched. They're still trying to have a dwelling without an altar. Unlike Abraham says, I'm going to have me a tent, but not void of an altar. There's people across America that are in good apostolic churches today that's been trying to borrow the altars of their parents. Been trying to borrow the altars of their grandparents. If they can, just depend upon the altar of their pastor. If they can, as a young person, just depend upon the altar of their youth workers and their youth pastor. But if that is the totality of it all, that is just a mere existence, folks. I'm telling you, we just got to be right, get priorities right, and invest in an altar for ourselves. Invest in an altar for ourselves. There's other people that's looking as Lot did on the well-watered plains of Jordan, thinking, man, it's going to be good. Whenever I get my tent up, whenever it's cast in that direction, man, I'm going to have a bright future when I land the right job, when I have the right career, when the right house comes and I drive the right car whenever I get my tin up honey it's going to be great but if that career doesn't include an altar if that job doesn't include God if that house and that car doesn't incorporate the master then you better exclude everything because an altar beats a tin every day of the week That's temporal. That thing's going to break down. You're going to have to hold it up. But you will have to do that to your altar if you maintain it daily, daily, daily.
I feel the presence of the Lord in here. I feel the Shekinah presence of God. Somebody just press just a little while right here. Would somebody stand to their feet right now? Raise their hands. I just pause it here for a moment, but I don't think we need to talk to the master right now. God, I love you, Jesus. God, I love you, Jesus. God, you have dominance in my life. God, you are paramount to everything else, Father. I don't have to prop you up. Yes. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Musicians come. Musicians come. I'm not lingering much longer. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in here. Amen. With purpose and with power. If we'll just give ourselves to it, if we'll follow His lead, let Him be the guide. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.